We're going to talk today about our global reach. So we will look to the word of the Lord. I'll invite your attention to the book of Acts, the eighth chapter. I'll also read one verse of scripture from John chapter three, the gospel according to John chapter three. Uh, but we're reading from Acts chapter eight, and I'll begin reading at the 25th verse. And the word of the Lord says this, and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. I just want to take note of the fact that they had preached the word of the Lord, they had traveled and preached the word of the Lord, now they've returned to Jerusalem, they're preaching in many villages of the Samaritans. An angel of the Lord speaks to Philip, says, go down to the south from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. He finds this man from Ethiopia in Jerusalem, but now is headed back, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, the spirit said to Philip, go near and join yourself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I, except some man should guide me? He desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Verse 36, and of course, he, while he's reading Isaiah, he says to Philip, who's he talking about? Some other guy or himself and Philip preached unto him Jesus but from verse 36 the scripture says they went on their way they came to a certain water the eunuch said see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized and Philip said if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest he answered and said I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized the eunuch. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. There's a lot of, there are a lot of cities mentioned in that passage and a lot of angels talking and a lot of spirit moving. Amen. From John chapter three and verse eight, the word of the Lord says this, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Amen. I want to speak to you for just a few moments today on this, our launching of our vision campaign, the day we talk about global reach. I want to speak to you on this subject, the spirit in motion, the spirit in motion. Could you just lift up your hands and your voices with me again today and help me pray that the Lord will anoint the preaching of his word and help us to receive what he's doing in this house. Lord, I thank you for every person that has gathered into this room. I pray that you would move upon us as the preaching of the word goes forth. Lord, let every word that is spoken be heaven sent. Let there be an anointing upon the preaching. Help us all to hear it, to receive it, to apply it. Let it go forth with accuracy 
accuracy, with love, with boldness. Lord, let us hear and understand what thus saith the Lord. And we give you all of the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Perhaps a good pretext for what we're going to be doing over these next few weeks can be found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And this is what the Scripture says at the very outset of this book of Acts, and that's what this book is. It's a book of action, a book of Acts of the Apostles. And it, it simply says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, they were getting ready to go and tarry for the Holy Ghost, and now they are being made aware that after this happens, when this Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, which was immediately local, and in all Judea, which expanded the territory a little bit, and in Samaria, which goes even beyond Judea, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This was always the plan of God, that the Word of God go into all the world. So not only did we see this occur here in this, these red letters of Acts chapter 1 that Jesus gives to His disciples, but this was, really, this was really always the plan of God, even at the beginning of creation. The Lord said to Adam and Eve that he wanted, he wanted the earth to be fruitful and multiplying, and he wanted the earth to be filled, and, and this was his commission in the garden. And even when the judgment of God came upon the earth, and Noah had built an ark and found salvation for his family and for, for the creation of God, and they came out and the earth had been baptized with water. And all things had been made new, and now the earth is, is emerging from this flood experience. And the Lord said to Noah what he told Adam and Eve, hey, be fruitful, replenish the earth. It, this has always been about God filling the earth with his glory and, and causing the whole earth to be filled with the goodness and the grace of Almighty God. And this is what Daniel saw when he saw the rock hewn out of a mountain without hands in, in Babylonian captivity. And the rock replaced all the kingdoms of the earth in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And, but it didn't stay merely a rock, it grew to become a mountain. And that mountain, the Bible says, filled the whole earth, and the whole earth was filled with the glory of God. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train had filled the temple, the Bible says that one seraphim looked to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the whole earth is filled with his glory. The scripture says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. Now you can sit here and myself, we can sit here in our locale. And, and, and sit in our, our padded seats and, uh, and take a little shelter for a couple hours from the snow outside and, and get nice and cozy and comfortable. In Norway, they told us that's kushle. When, when you're cozy and warm and rested, it's kushle. You can feel all nice and kushle 
sitting in your seat there and think, well, I can't touch the world, but, but I want you to know you've got to care about the things God cares about. And God cares about the whole world. And God wants the whole world to be filled with his glory. And it starts right here with us. When he looked at Noah, when he looked at Adam, when he revealed it to Daniel, when he looked at his disciples, he didn't merely say to his disciples, go into all the four corners of your cul-de-sac. No, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we're going to talk about the role local action plays in that, but that's a week from today. Before we talk about what we can do locally and immediately, what we can do with our physical hands, we're going to talk about the global realities of God's purpose filling the whole earth. Because it is possible, it is possible. With God, all things are possible. And when we talk about the whole earth being filled with His glory, it's important to understand just exactly how that is made possible. From the very beginning of the Bible, we understand that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And here it is. The Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Something happens when the Spirit of God goes into motion. And that is what traverses the whole globe. The Spirit of God moves upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moves upon the face of continents. The Spirit of God moves over mountain ranges. The Spirit of God moves over continental divides. The Spirit of God moves over racial divides. The Spirit of God moves over every kind of division that man has created and compartmentalized for themselves. But the Spirit of God absolutely is unafraid of every boundary and every barrier. And the Spirit of God will seep through every crevice and where there's not a crevice, he'll make one and move where he wishes to move. Hallelujah. This is what the Spirit of God begins to do. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And I will tell you that that combination of the Spirit moving and the Word being declared, it is an unstoppable power. It is a power that no devil in hell can withstand. All the devil really has any uh, hope of trying to accomplish is somehow preventing the church from understanding the power of the spirit moving and the word being declared. If he can intimidate us from declaring the word or if he can intimidate us from generating and, and cultivating a move of the spirit, then that will be the only success success he can have, but if we'll ignore the words of our adversary and we'll ignore the spirit of fear that comes from his words, and if we'll refuse the intimidation that he tries to bring against us, and we will say it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord, and the spirit of God will move and the word of God will go forth, I'm going to tell you that the rose will blossom in 
the desert. There will be springs to come forth in the wilderness. I will tell you that the wolf will lay down with the lamb. I will tell you that the Holy Ghost will be poured out upon this whole world. Hallelujah. God blesses those who understand his global purpose. Open up your mind to the global purposes of God because God created the heaven and the earth and he seeks to fill it with his glory. And he wants to open yours and my minds to this concept that the whole earth is to be filled with the glory of God. And it happens through the moving of his spirit and the declaration of his word. Jacob uh, saw something in a vision that he uh, uh, had a ladder in his vision that he had run from his home. He was embarking upon a new life with God. And, and he saw a ladder that was, that was stretched up into the glory of God. The bottom of the ladder reached to where he was. The Bible says that upon that ladder were angels. They were ascending and descending. And at the top of that ladder was the glory of God. And that rung, the bottom rung of that ladder reached to where Jacob was. And I will tell you that the ladder that extends into the heavens does in fact extend to the glory of God. And the bottom of it will reach to wherever you are. However low you have fallen, you can find a rung to that ladder. And Jacob found the rung to that ladder, and the top of that ladder was the glory of God. But there were angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. And Jacob walked away saying, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. He said, behold, this is a dreadful place. This place where I'm standing, it was dreadful because he could feel the very presence of God. And he said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Now what a scene. And if you've, if you've heard that Bible story before, perhaps you've had your own imagination to help you see it. And uh, I know I have. And, and it's a, a beautiful scene of angels ascending and descending. The, I can just imagine the pomp and the circumstance involved in that view that Jacob had. Angels so serenely ascending and descending upon that ladder. But I would challenge us to understand that it was not so much pomp and circumstance to be seen on that ladder. This was the busyness of the kingdom. It was angels coming and going. It was angels ascending and descending. The Bible says that they are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. There are angels that are dispatched by the presence of the Lord. The Lord will send forth his angel and the angel of the Lord will go forth and do what the Lord has instructed that angel to do. And when we read, read this book of Acts chapter 8, we caught a little glimpse of some of the spirit in motion. When Philip was arising and going toward the south, he had just finished preaching in Samaria. Philip had been sent by the Lord to preach to the Samaritans. Stephen had just been stoned by the Jews. The Jews were given one final word from Stephen, a word of warning, a word of opportunity that they should heed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Took them upon this amazing journey from the very beginning of their history right up unto Christ until finally he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, you do always resist the Holy Ghost even as your fathers did before you. And they picked up stones and they stoned him. At that that moment God was closing a particular chapter to where it wasn't just going to be available to the Jews only but God was opening the door for whosoever will 
and he was taking it into the Samaritan regions. And Philip went forth preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he preached it until they believed it and they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And that is how they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when you ask us today, and I'm believing there'll be those who will, to baptize you, we will baptize you as they did in the book of Acts. We will baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. But when Philip, but when Philip finished preaching and they believed and were baptized, he moved on from that place. And here came Peter and John, those, those disciples of Christ who were on that inner circle with Christ, who saw the Mount of Transfiguration and so many other miracles. They walk into Samaria and they begin laying hands upon the Samaritans and the Samaritans receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Just like they did in the day of Pentecost, just like they will later in the house of of Cornelius. They're receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost there in Samaria. Peter and John come. Philip goes. Philip comes and Philip goes. Peter and John go. There's movement. There's motion. The angel of the Lord says to Philip, go down and join thyself to this chariot. The Spirit of the Lord moves Philip and tells Philip to go down toward the south. And people start moving and things start shifting and folks start going and coming and going and angels are ascending and descending. What's happening? Happening. The spirit is in motion. And when the spirit goes into motion, God's kingdom begins to expand. Philip sees a man of Ethiopia. This man of Ethiopia must have been, have some kind of Jewish connection because he had come to Jerusalem for, to worship. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Two indicators that helps us understand that he had some sort of a, of a Jewish faith that he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And he's reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Lord tells Philip to join yourself to this chair. And Brother Colbert, he went in that chariot and taught him a home Bible study is what he did. He taught him a home Bible study, and he started right where that guy was. He said, do you know what you're reading? How can I accept some man should guide me? You're reading about Isaiah, what Isaiah said about he was wounded for our transgressions. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Led as a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before his shearers is dumb. And so opened he not his mouth. And he said, is he talking about himself, or is he talking about some other man? And Philip began right at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the message that saves to the uttermost. Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout Jesus in the mountain. Shout Jesus in the valley. Shout Jesus in the public square. Shout Jesus on social media. When a spirit of intimidation arises and tries to shut us up and shut us down and ridicule us for preaching Jesus or even how we preach Jesus, ignore all of that and preach Jesus anyway. You didn't call me to preach this gospel. He called me to preach this gospel. And he anointed me to preach this gospel. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to answer to him. So the naysayers can say what they want to say. That's fine. That's their business. They're here to help us grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we're going to stay true to the assignment. 
He'll save you from every sin you've ever committed. He will deliver you from every bondage. He will break every chain. He will deliver you from every fear. There's no devil in hell that can possess you when you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're going to preach it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he hath anointed us to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Philip preached Jesus until the Ethiopian eunuch said, hey, I want to be baptized. He said, here's some water right here. What doth hinder me to be baptized? You know, I've baptized people in about that much of water. I barely got their tip of their nose underneath, but we got them down there. Got, held them down until we made sure we had them totally immersed. We didn't want their kneecaps not going to heaven. Glory to God. We got them told, full, listen, baptizo, fully immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. Here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? If you believe with all your heart, you may. And they said, well, he said, then I, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip baptizes him, and the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. Here comes the Spirit. And you know that caught away is the same caught away that we use to describe the catching away of the church. It's the same, it, it, he was basically, in a sense, in the way we would talk about being raptured or translated, the Spirit just caught him away. And, and, and the Ethiopian eunuch never saw him again. Never saw him again. Now you might have said, well, I might not share the gospel with this man because I don't have time to spend much time with him. I may not, I don't know if I'll ever see him again. And if I never see him again, what good is this one little message going to do them? He never saw Philip again for the rest of his life, but he did take that message to Ethiopia. And when he took that message to Ethiopia, they've got it registered in their government documents that the founding father of Christianity in Ethiopia was that Ethiopian eunuch who was preached to by Philip. When my grandfather saw that lady in the airport, the international wing of the airport, she was weeping. She was a very, you could tell she was a very stately woman. He came to her and began to ask her if she was okay. She spoke very little English, but was able to communicate that she was from Ethiopia. She had never been to the United States. Her husband was an ambassador to Ethiopia, and she was trying to get from the airport to where she needed to go. They'd lost contact. They didn't have cell phones in those days. They didn't have GPS. They didn't have internet uh, booking and things of that nature. Grandpa helped her to where her husband's office would be, or provided arranged transportation for her. That Ethiopian ambassador sent a letter to him and said to him, thank you for helping my wife. She was distraught. She was very out of sorts by the time she reached us because she couldn't find her way, but she was so thankful for what you did to help her. He said, is there anything I can do for you? And my grandfather said, there absolutely is something you can do for us. He said, we're having trouble getting our missionaries into Ethiopia. He said, but, 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 but we'd like to have access to Ethiopia. He said, let me see what I can do. He came back and said, what is it that, you're, what is it that your denomination preaches? He said, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe there's only one God. He said, that's what the Ethiopian eunuch believed. Our missionaries went into Ethiopia 
because of a connection between what Philip preached to the eunuch in Acts chapter 8 and a kind act that was taking place in the 1960s by my grandfather and the Ethiopian ambassador's wife. And, and, and it, it just snowballed from there. Hundreds of thousands and hundreds of thousands and hundreds of thousands have received the Holy Ghost and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in Ethiopia. I'm trying to tell somebody you can stand right where you are and have a global reach. You can stand right where you are and send the Spirit into motion. We are here, Tree of Life Church, for the healing of the nations. We are here to send the gospel to every part of the world we can reach. We can't control where it all goes, but we can start praying, and we can start witnessing, and we can start giving, and we can start believing, and we can start encouraging until the glory of God fills this whole earth. Hallelujah. When we were in Norway, when we were in Norway, I mentioned to you that when we were there, my brother and I went 27 years ago with our grandparents. And it was 1997. I was about to turn 18. My brother had just turned 21. And we were preaching with Grandma and Grandpa. And it was Pentecost Sunday, 1997. And, and uh, so we went back this past week, two weeks ago. We were in Norway. While we were there, one of the pastors came to me, and, and he said to me, and I, 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 we've got a picture of it. I, I think I got out of order with the order I gave us, so, but it's the Norway picture. We'll pull it up hopefully here in just a moment. But, but this man and his wife came up to Sister Heidi and I, and he said, he said, I need to talk to you. He said, I've never met you. I don't know you, but I've been wanting to meet you for 27 years because he said, when you were here preaching 27 years ago with your brother and with your grandparents, he said, I was not in the church. I knew nothing about this church. I knew nothing about God. I was full on in sin and, and totally overwhelmed with the sin of my life. And he said, but, but I was just two blocks away from the church where you were preaching on that Sunday, 1997, I was two blocks away. And I knew nothing about this church, knew nothing about the, the, the truth of God's word, but I was sitting in a nightclub two blocks away. And while I was sitting there with a friend of mine, I was feeling something I'd never felt before. I wanted to jump up and run out of that nightclub. It was a Sunday evening, and I thought, what am I doing here? He said, I began to feel disgusted by just being there and everything that was going on, and I was trying to act like I was having a good time. He said, now I know I was under conviction. He said, but then all I could think was, for some reason, I just feel like I've got to get out of here fast. He said, while I was sitting there, I looked up into the middle of the nightclub, and there was a lady. I'd never seen her before, and she was in the middle of the nightclub. She was smoking and drinking and dancing, and I looked at her, and as I looked at her, a light began to shine on her, and I knew something I had never known before. I knew I would marry her, she and I would become Christians, and serve the Lord the rest of our days. 
He said, I went and introduced myself to her that night. We met in a nightclub while you and your brother and your grandparents were preaching and singing two blocks away. We didn't know it at the time. He said, but when we walked out of that nightclub, we began to talk and say, we've got to walk away from this life we're living. And they did, and they, they joined together, and they said, we got to find a church, and they walked two blocks to the church. This was about a month after we had already been gone, but while they began to get into the church and start repenting of their sins, people were saying, you should have been here a month ago for our Pentecost Sunday service. Man, the Holy Ghost was poured out. And we had this family called the Urshans that were here preaching, and he said, wait a minute, you said the Holy Ghost was poured out. What day was the Holy Ghost poured out? What time was the Holy Ghost poured out? He began to put two and two together, and he said, I don't know how to explain this, but while you all were declaring the Word of God, something was speaking to my heart saying, get up out of this place. I've got a future for you. You see that girl right there? I've got a future for her. There they are. Brother Tron is now a licensed pastor with the United Pentecostal Church, uh, baptizing people in Jesus' name. What, what happened? I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just know that when the Spirit goes into motion, it'll take the Word of God places. That the Word of God can do the work that only the Word can do. It's It's biblical. It's biblical. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's biblical because this is what happened while they were praying for Peter to be delivered from the prison. They were in the house praying. Peter was in the prison languishing. But while they were praying, the spirit began to go into motion. While they were praying, the spirit began to do something that they couldn't physically do. And the angel of the Lord appeared in the prison cell with Peter and delivered him from that bondage. This is, what the, this is what the centurion meant when he said to Jesus, I'm a man under authority. I know how this works. You say to this one, come, and you say to this one, go, and they'd come and they'd go. All you got to do is speak the word. All you've got to do is speak the word. Speak the word only and my servant can be healed. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to explain it, but something happens when we speak the word even right now. As I'm lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even right now, there are people in this neighborhood, people in northern Kentucky, people on the west side right now. They don't know what they're feeling, but something is saying to them, I've got plans for you. I've got a purpose for you. And here we are in Montgomery opening up our mouth and declaring the word of the Lord. Come on, Tree of Life Church. Cry loud and spare not. If we could... If we could get the video prepared, we're getting ready to show the video. I think I'm all out of order. I, I gave them an order, said, y'all, this is the order is going to go in. And they are, thank y'all for knowing me so well. That I appreciate that. But 
I was preaching in Madagascar. The beautiful thing about Madagascar is our church played a role in that. In the 1960s, there was a man from this congregation who had been witnessed to by a man on the job. And, and, and his name was Denzel Richardson. Brother Denzel Richardson saw a man named Ernie Cox. Brother Ernie Cox's son to this day still pastors in Milford, Ohio, Brother Don Cox. And Brother Ernie Cox was, was a, a, a man there at the job, and he was, he was just being a good Christian, just living a good life and, and doing what the Lord had called him to do. And, 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 and he began witnessing to Denzel Richardson. Brother Richardson was looking at him. Brother Richardson was a drunk. He was an alcoholic, totally a functioning alcoholic. His life was in shambles, but he was trying to keep going to work and trying to raise his family. But this man, Ernie Cox, there was a light that was shining. There was a light that was shining, and he, he began to notice some things happening that, that, that in their conversations, and, uh, and he, he began to debate him even on what he believed. And, they didn't know that they believed, the, they disagreed on so much, but, but, the, but the fruit of the Spirit was doing something that even the debate couldn't do. And, and so, so Brother Denzel Richardson ended up coming to God, repenting of his sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and God called him to Madagascar. He said, I've got to go. Nobody knew about Madagascar. There was no cartoon called Madagascar back then. And he said, I got to go to Madagascar. And, and, and at first, the United Pentecostal Church board said, you know, we, ha we don't have any, anything going on in Madagascar, so we're afraid to just send somebody there, and, and, and we, don't want you to, we don't want you to get there and, and get discouraged. So let's put you th in Philippines for a little while and let you kind of get your feet under you. And, and he went to the Philippines, and God prepared him over the next couple of years for Madagascar. He flies to Madagascar. Lands in Madagascar, doesn't know a soul, has no place to go, said, got in a taxi cab and said, take me to a hotel. Went to the hotel, got up the next morning, he and his wife, and they walked around saying, does anybody speak English? Anybody? Anybody speak English? Anybody? He was my age. He was 44. Anybody speak English here? Anybody speak English? Finally found one little lady that spoke English, and he taught her a Bible study. She came to God. She became their translator to this day. Now, right now, there are 200. 150,000 Bible-believing, Jesus' name, baptized, Holy Ghost-filled, Madagascar, apostolic. 250,000. I was so thankful and honored to be able to preach there this year, just a couple of months ago. And, and I, I prayed and said, Lord, if I... If I could preach only one message, and, and I was only going to have one time to preach, and I thought, if I could preach one message in this great nation, what would it be? And it was just no question for me. The message for me was going to be the mighty God in Jesus Christ. <sighs> Preached to 20,000 people. 1,200 of those people received the gift of the Holy Ghost that day. That day. Brother David Elms was with me preaching. Brother David Myers was with us. Brother Dylan Morgan followed me with an instruction on how to receive the, the Holy Ghost that was going to be poured out. And 20,000 people heard the word of the Lord. Here's just a little clip. Here's just a little clip of that service. In the name of Jesus, every knee that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. 
This is God in Jesus Christ. You dear and the man to our Christ Jesus. Reconciling you unto himself. There is an exchange of identity in baptism in Jesus name. I don't even know where all that's going to go. I just know all I had, my assignment was to stand, put my feet somewhere, and declare the name of Jesus is high and lifted up. He has the power to save. Just take it. Wind, take it. I'm going to put the word into the wind and let the wind take it wherever it needs to go. Just put the word into the wind. Put the seed into the wind and let the wind take the word wherever the word needs to go. My father took me out into his, into his backyard. He's got a green thumb. He's such a, he's such a good gardener. And he, he took me into his backyard. He said, I want to show you something, Joel. He said, do you, do you see this uh, uh, beautiful pumpkin? And I looked over at this beautiful pumpkin. And he sa I said, yeah. He said, I didn't plant that. I said, you didn't plant that? He said, no, I didn't plant that. He said, you see where it is? I said, yeah. He said, last year... I took an old pumpkin rind and threw it into that corner of the garden. And he said, and then I just left it there. But he said, over the course of that year, as the wind would take the little seeds and topple them over the, gra the ground, as the rain would fall and hit the mud and the mud clods of mud would pop up and knock the seed just another inch or two here and there, and a little little bit here and a little bit there, and pushing the seed on, all of a sudden the seed made its way to the other side of the garden, and up came this beautiful, it was the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, it was a beautiful pumpkin. And that's the way the word works. You don't have to worry. Listen, you don't have to worry. Brother Ernie Cox, he wasn't sowing seed into Madagascar. He was sowing seed into a man on the job, a friend who needed Jesus, a co-worker who was struggling in life. That's all he was doing. He had no idea that the wind was going to pick the seed up. He had no idea that the water was going to push the seed along across oceans to the Philippines and on to Madagascar and over to hotel rooms and streets and highways and byways. But I'm going to tell you the wind blows where it wants to blow and you can hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell whence it cometh and you don't know where it's going, but I've got news for you. It will accomplish that where to it is said. His word will not return void. His word will not return void. If we could put our slides up, I just want to show you a couple of things here. These are some things that are of importance, and we're, we're talking today about global reach. Let's move to the next slide. Social media, TLC podcast. 300,000 plus downloads of the Tree of Life Church podcast. Now, I'm going to tell you, I thank God for that. I'm not sharing this so we can pat ourselves on the back. I'm sharing this so you and I can understand. People are listening and receiving the Word of God. 
and I want next year, I want that 300,000 to say one comma, 300 comma, zero, 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 or more, because we want to fill the earth with his glory. You can go ahead to the next slide. YouTube reach, 200,738 total YouTube views, 18 different countries, 5,000 subscribers. We need to, we, that needs to increase. That needs to multiply. Not so people know who we are, but so people know who Jesus is. And everything we, every prayer we pray, and every message we preach, and every dollar we pledge and commit and give is going to help us reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That needs to say, 118 different countries. We're not clapping our hands for ourselves. We're saying, all right, this is where we are. Let's get moving. Let's get going. Let's use this as a launch pad and let's preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. We don't have a right to complain about the degradation of our world and not pray for it. We don't have a right to sit around and say, oh, what's the world come and do today? And not preach the gospel. We don't have a right to sit around and say, man, this whole place seems to just be going down the tubes and the world has become a place I don't even recognize and not give and not pray and not preach and not witness and not encourage. We can go to the next, we can go to the next slide. 1.83 1.83 million Instagram views, 364,000 Facebook views, 28,000 Instagram profile visits, 81,000 Facebook profile visits. It's been a 524% Instagram growth and a 441% Instagram profile or Facebook profile growth. We want to increase, increase. Increase, 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 increase. Not so we can talk about, oh, our views, our views. It's not about views. It's about a view of him. We've got to get Jesus in front of people. We've got to get Jesus in front of people. We can go ahead and and move on from that. These are the UPCI initiatives that we give to every year. Christmas for Christ. This offering, we give to it every year. We give thousands of dollars. Right now, we give tens of thousands of dollars to these ministries. Christmas for Christ starts churches all across North America. Move the mission. Is, is, it's, it's untold what all Move the Mission accomplishes. It's a, a, a fund development campaign that young people are engaged in, teenagers are engaged in. It provides vehicles to missionaries. It helps support Tupelo Children's Mansion, Lighthouse Ranch for Boys, on and on and on. The Move the Mission offering blesses missionaries throughout the world. Save Our Children is an offering that we give to every single year. We're about to give to it again in the next month. This is an offering that has camp meetings for children and young people, camp meetings where they come and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It supports Bible quizzing where children are learning the Word of God. Little children are learning whole books of the Bible and can quote me under the table. I dare, I've had people say, oh, we'd love to see the young quizzers quiz against you. I'd like, I bet you would. (laughs) Guess what isn't going to happen? Getting up there and going against those heroes, those superstars, those all-stars who know that book inside and out. But I tell you what I am going to do, I'm going to give to it to make sure they keep learning the Word of God. It provides curriculum that right now children's ministry leaders are teaching our children the Word of God. 
The Ohio District Campground, our children and young people go to it every single year. And we could go around the room and have people raise their hands who have received the Holy Ghost at the Ohio District Campground. And the power of God has fallen upon that, 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 that place now for decades, and it continues to go, and we support it. Mother's Memorial provides appliances for missionaries. Missionaries, like the one I mentioned, Brother Richardson, who went to Madagascar. And when he got to Madagascar, he had nothing. He knew nobody. He had no place to live. He was, he was living hand to mouth. Mother's Memorial steps in and provides them with the basic needs that they need in order to go into these remote areas of the world and preach the gospel. Men's ministries. This is a ministry that when we give to it, they actually, men will go to foreign nations. Some of our men have been involved in these projects through the years, and they will build churches and Bible colleges in nations where they need help. By the grace of God, here in America, we were able to build this building that we're sitting in, and we thank God for it, and we're going to continue to use it for the glory of God. But not everybody, not every nation has the kind of resources that we have. So we take resources we have, and we put it in those nations. We did this in the Dominican Republic, and when we got there, they warned us. They said, now, we don't want to make you nervous, but they said, um, where we're going to be working all week this week, uh, on the sidewalk there in front of the church, uh, a man was murdered in cold blood just, you know, just uh, last week. So they're still kind of dealing with that uh, there, and, but, but, but we'll be fine. Don't, don't worry. And we said, who's, who's worried? Let's go. Pleading the blood of Jesus the whole way, but... We walked down there, that place was overrun with, with drug dealers, that place was overrun with gangs and violence, that place was overrun with warlords and prostitution, but when the church was built, it drove all of that out, and the community had a safe place to come and worship God, men's ministries. Spanish evangelism ministries. We thank God for Arbol de Vida, which is Tree of Life, Spanish, and Pastor Rubio. Let's give Arbel DeVita a great big hand clap of appreciation. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving in Arbel DeVita. That's it. Go ahead. And Arbel DeVita supports Spanish evangelism ministries. We support the work of God for the Spanish evangelism ministries that are taking place, yes, in Cincinnati, but all around Ohio and around the nation. And we give to it every single year. We thank God for that. We are engaged in global reach. And let me tell you something. I know we've got things we've got to do locally, but the day that we said we've got too much to do locally, we can't focus on anything globally, is when this whole thing shuts down. And it'll be God to do it. Because God, God didn't plant a church to get focused on us for no more. He said, I've called you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every single creature. We can move on from that. We can move on from that slide. These are missionaries that we support. We, don't, we can't even get all the names on there. But we've got all the names of missionaries, Uruguay, France, Monaco, Austria, Romania, Madagascar, Indian Ocean, Turkey, Pakistan, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Jordan. There are some missionaries, their names can't even be on there because it would be a risk to their life if their name were to show up because they are undercover in nations that we call access challenged, which is a fancy way of saying that their life is at danger for preaching the gospel. But they're preaching the gospel, and we're helping them. And 
supporting them. Spain and Malaysia, Israel, Palestine, Estonia, Haiti, Cyprus, New Caledonia, South Korea, Zimbabwe, Japan, Western Samoa. Every single month we are giving these missionaries money to do what they need to do for the kingdom of God. This is what Tree of Life Church is doing globally. We can, we can move on from that. This is what Tree of Life Church is doing globally. It is a global reach, reaching into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every little bit we do, every dollar that we give, every prayer that we pray, when a missionary comes to Tree of Life Church, we rejoice for that opportunity and we receive a special offering for them because when they're here in America traveling, they're on their own dime. They, they have to pay for everything themselves. So we give them a love offering to help them with all the expenses related to that travel that helps them go back. Folks, it's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of dedication. But I can hear the Lord saying, if you'll take care of my work, I'll take care of yours. If you'll take care of my kingdom, I will take care of every need you have. You hear me, child of God? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Something happens when we take what resources he gave us and we put it into the economy of God. I can't explain it. I'll just tell you that it multiplies. It comes back to you tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, and it goes forth to accomplish that whereto it is sent. In just a few weeks, we're going to be making personal commitments and we're going to provide sacrificial offerings. But I want you to understand that, that from that moment forward, there's going to be a blessing of God to come upon your life as you sacrifice what he gave you and you put it into his hands. It's going to be a blessing that can only come from the Lord. It's you having faith in the moving of the spirit. The spirit goes into motion when I begin to trust God. Brother Zach Glasgow, could you just stand for just a moment? This is my son-in-law. Love and appreciate this wonderful, godly young man. Love how he loves my daughter, my grandbabies. Thank God for a great preacher of the gospel. Amen. Love you, man. Thank you. You can be seated. Brother Zach told me, he said, you know, I, my dad lived in southern Indiana, and he said he would take us to a little church in uh, Warsaw, Indiana. And uh, he said, Brother Sanders was the pastor. And I said, Warsaw, Indiana, Southern Indiana? He said, yeah. I said, Brother Sanders? He said, yeah. I said, no, that doesn't sound right. I said, Warsaw, Indiana is way up north. And I said, Brother Sanders is in Madison. He was in Madison, Indiana, which is Southern Indiana. So you're probably thinking Madison, Indiana, Brother Sanders. He said, man, I thought it was Brother Sanders, Warsaw, Indiana. But you know what? You probably know better than I do. I said, yeah, I probably do. I probably do. <laughs> That's probably what it was. That's, that's, I'm sure that's what it was. So anyway, and we just kind of, he said, yeah, he said, but where, you know, whatever, whoever. I just remember going to this little church in what I thought was Warsaw, Indiana. Brother Sanders was the man's name. And he said, he, um, he taught us the word of God as little kids. And, um, and he would take us, he and his wife would take us into the Sunday school class. He said it was a little bitty church, little bitty church. But my dad would bring me and my brothers there and we'd go sit down in the Sunday school class and they would teach us the word of God and they would pray for us. He said, I remember them praying for me, praying that I would receive the Holy Ghost. He said, I was crying and had stammering lips. And he said, but he, it, was, it, was a, it was 
I love that, those people in that little church, and I, I've lost track of them. I don't know where they are. But uh, I remember those, those, were good, those were good Sundays. And I said, yeah, yeah, Brother Sanders is a good man there in Madison, Indiana. He's a good man. A couple of years later, I'm at the Florida camp meeting, and I'm sitting with ministers. I had just finished preaching, and I'm sitting with some ministers. We're eating after the service. And a minister walks up to me and kneels down next to my table, and he says, Brother Urshan, um, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. He said, my name is Mark Sanders. I pastored in Warsaw, Kentucky <laughs> on the Indiana state line, which is why my son-in-law thought it was Warsaw, Indiana, because his dad lived in Indiana, but they'd go across the state line to Warsaw, Kentucky. And, and I thought, oh, Brother Sanders in Warsaw? And I, could I have been wrong? Could I have been wrong? That doesn't sound like me to ever be wrong, but could I have been? And I, and I, I thought, Brother Sanders, Warsaw, Kentucky. And, and he, he said, yes. He said, I need to tell you something. He said, my wife and I went years ago to start a church in Warsaw, Kentucky. And he said, there was a, um, there was a man that would bring his boys to that church. And he said, when they would come in, we would just take them in and we would teach them the word of God and pray with them. And they were good boys and we loved seeing them come whenever they were there. He'd bring them down and we'd go to, he'd go to church and we'd, we'd just pour into them as much as we could, but we kind of lost track of them. He said, and really the church in Warsaw never did become what we thought it would. He said, we went there with big hopes of really starting something up and getting it going, but it never really did become what we hoped it would become. And we left. And he said, and I, I, I remember I prayed on several occasions, God, what was that all about going to Warsaw, Kentucky? I don't think we did anything, Lord. I don't feel like much was accomplished in our efforts, but you know, and I know I felt led of you to go, he said. But he said, Brother Erson, I'm friends with you on Facebook. And he said, one day you posted a picture of your daughter getting married to a young man. And when I looked at his name and his face, I said, I know who that is. He said, and the Lord spoke to me and said, he's why you went to Warsaw, Kentucky. No. Don't question it, just go. Don't question it, just give. Don't question it, just pray. Don't question it, just believe. Don't question it, just act. Philip, Philip, join yourself to this chariot. Philip, go down to the south. Philip, go to Azatas. Let the Spirit catch you away. Let the Spirit go into motion. <laughs> Ah, it didn't surprise me that 27 years ago there was a man of God sitting in that nightclub who, who was a sinner at the time, but God had a purpose for his life. And the word that was being spoken over a pulpit that that man couldn't even hear was flying up into the wind, and the wind was carrying it two blocks away. That's just the way the Holy Ghost works. 
That's just the way the Holy Ghost works. And it's working right now in that very same way. Should the Lord tarry, it wouldn't surprise me at all if 27 years from now, a missionary from Madagascar stands in this pulpit and says, I was there or nearby. Something got a hold of me. It just wouldn't surprise me because when the spirit goes into motion, the wind blows where it wants to blow. You hear the sound, but you have no clue where it's coming from or where it's going. You just preach and pray and give and preach and pray and give and believe and encourage and go on and keep on and press on. Somebody lift your hands. Would you do that? Would you do that? Children's ministry workers and leaders, I know you can't hear me right now. You're busy putting seed in the soil. You're busy letting the wind blow in those classrooms. You're busy sending missionaries. I know they look like little kids, but they're missionaries. That's what God sees. It's Bible study teachers, preachers, evangelists, witnesses in the workplace, good husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and soul winners and prayer warriors. That's who you've got sitting in those classrooms right now. How do you know? Because the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. Stand with me right now. Could you do that? Could you do that in the name of the Lord? I want somebody who needs a miracle in your family. I want you to throw up a word of a prophetic utterance into the wind right now. My family will be saved in Jesus' name. My children will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Some of you have got children and grandchildren that have a call of God on their life, and they've walked away, and you're just so distraught about it because you know the anointing that's upon them. Come on, open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. Let the Spirit take the word. Let the Spirit take the word. Yeah. Shandala Bahaya. Hallelujah. 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 There's a reason why they put messages in balloons and send the balloons up into the air because they know the wind will take the message so far away. That's why they put messages in a bottle and put them under the water. Because they know when you cast your bread upon the waters, it'll go and go and go and go, but it will return after many days. We've got a word, folks. Hallelujah, we've got a word. That's why technology plays such a role in what we do globally. Technology isn't, isn't something that we put money into because we, because we, we want to be on the cutting edge and we want to have the latest stuff and the nicest. No, no, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with putting the gospel into the far reaches of the world as effectively as we possibly can. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to see some miracle offerings given over the next few weeks and months. Oh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. And every dime of that is going to go into the work of the Lord to preach the gospel to every creature. I want us to right now, we're, we're going to pray over the next few weeks. God's going to give us numbers. God's going to move on your heart to create a budget for yourself and to, to cut certain things maybe that you currently 
partake of. You know, if you, if you were to, to cut just a couple of those Starbucks drinks back per week, you've got quite a bit of money coming in just right there that you might be able to give to the Lord. But however it works out, God's going to move on all of us to, to make some sacrifices and make some commitments. But before that happens, I want us to go ahead and begin to praise God for everything he's going to do. Brother and sister Enos, I thank God. I thank God. Everywhere I go in this world, everywhere I go in this world, I meet somebody who's been touched by your ministry. I know that you were in Europe and that you were pouring into the people of Germany and military ministries, but, but, but it just the wind took it. The wind took it, and it spread it out all across the globe. And it doesn't matter where I go in the world, I meet somebody who, who has seed that was planted in that, in that part of the garden. And now it's emerging over on this continent as a beautiful vegetation feeding the hungry in that community. Oh, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say or to do except to say, receive it. Embrace it. Lord, what can you, what can I do? Let me be a part of it. I want somebody right now to come to the front of this house. I, I, these altars are open. I, I believe that before this vision campaign is over, I believe missionaries are going forth from this place. I believe before this vision campaign is over that there are going to be people to, to, to become witnesses like you've never been witnesses before. Bible study teachers and prayer warriors mentors, partners in missions. Come on, I want you just to let the Spirit of the Lord move on you right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord move on you right now. The Spirit is moving, moving, moving. The Spirit is moving, moving, moving. The Spirit is moving. <laughs> Oh. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Ah. Jesus, for. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness, Jesus for my
Our hearts with your love. 